the lady of the house at home. Kim Jeff is a monster talent. She has an amazing roster of clients and collaborators, including Nextfest Arts, C-Space, Rosé Foundation, a correspondent at Accelerate TV, Alajika Studios in Brooklyn, Afros in the City, and is the resident queen and principal at KLS Management. And in the last year, she has exploded onto the scene as a DJ. Thank you for your time, Kim. Of course. So, here at CJSW, it's Black History Month. and Happy Black History Month. <laughs> because we celebrate this month huge. <laughs> Amen. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's what we're going to talk about. Thank you mm-hmm. for that segue. What is it that you would like to see change in the arts for, let's start with Black women. Oh, man. Well, there's, there's quite a lot that still has to change for for women, for marginalized voices. Um, you know, like uh, we only have... Um, like in the in the music charts, you know, like if we're even just talking about rap, I can I can say that you know Havaya Mighty is is one of the most uh, visible Black women in in hip hop at the moment in Canada, and she's one out of let's say five major acts with like two out of the five being uh, women and being women of color. So. Um, there's still a lot, in my opinion, there's still a long way for for women of, of, of all walks of life to really saturate and infiltrate the Canadian market because um, it's, it's looking kind of weak at the moment. And that's not to, 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 to put down anybody's artistry. It's just in terms of numbers, um, you know, there, there could be a lot more forces out there, I feel. Definitely right. I know that I would love to hear more marginalized voices in music mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. they have such great stories absolutely they're, they're the storytellers in most cultures um have a storytelling element to it which is why music is also uh, a universal um method of communicating um it's because there's there's so much that we all need to communicate and and the individuality is what we're supposed to be celebrating we're supposed to be sealing us together but uh there's systems in place that don't want it that way, but I guess we're changing the game. So, <laughs> so is this time in history an opportunity? Definitely, especially in the Canadian market. Um, there's still so many barriers to break through. There's so many um, ceilings to 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 sort of bust out of, and. Um, I think so. I think I think this is uh, not a lot of people are saying it, and I think I think there's something to be said to that. But I think there's a, there's a there's a this is like a time now, a pivotal moment for for the Canadian industries to sort of accelerate, if willing, um, into into a, a market that makes them, you know, world class. You know, what kind of barriers are characteristically Canadian, in your opinion? Um, oh my goodness, characteristically Canadian. So I think one of the things that's been really unique in the last couple of weeks, I've been doing, I've been feeling a lot of meetings with a lot of artists, and um, what if, what the common thread is across the board is that not a lot of them are aware of the funding opportunities that are available to them as artists. 
Um, some of them don't even know about the foundational um, needs that are required to be considered a professional artist on paper in this country. Um, and I think that's something that's really unique to Canada because in Canada, um, most of these artists are coming from different countries. And so they're able to build a following in different parts of the world. They're able to get Spotify plays, you know, all this kind of stuff on the internet. But when it comes down to actually being a legitimate artist on paper in this country, um, there's a gap in the information, the knowledge that's required to, to actually be considered a Canadian artist. That's an amazing answer. <laughs> <laughs> It's the reality. It's literally, I'm 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 currently in meetings um, all day long, and and my meetings take up all week. It, it's it's really bizarre, but this is the common thread of, um, and I think it's very unique to Canada, like very unique. So thank you for asking me that question because I didn't realize that until just now. For example being registered with all the uh, professional organizations for musicians, um, being aware of the grants that are available for professional development or marketing and touring or producing or mastering that album um, they're not aware of. Um, and I think these are the things that um, I would say Canadians who have grown up here have an understanding of. And so that's why, um, you know, registering for a program at a university is something that is very accessible to, to, a, to a Canadian who's been here their whole life to understand the system. But then on the other hand of things, like there's a photographer or, 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 a, or a voice artist who is trying to reach into the opera who who who's fighting tooth and nail to make money to be able to go to university to get that vocal training and all that kind of stuff. Um so there's just a little bit of a different approach to acquiring the skills that put them on that professional platform that um is not translating across the field. Wow. That is so fantastic. Okay. <laughs> What do you think um, Canadian-born artists are facing? Oh, um, one second, one second before you answer. Yeah. Okay. So, Kim, you've given us a lot of great information. I want uh -huh. you to speak to specifically Canadian-born Black women mm. artists who... Mm are looking to, you know, expand their horizons, mm -hmm. live off their art. Absolutely. So, um, man, it's an interesting landscape. The Canadian landscape is so interesting because it's funny. Um, Canadian-born artists face the same barriers as international artists who were born abroad or in other places. So that's artists who have settled um, in Canada. Um, they face barriers because the reality is the population of Canada is, is at a, as a, it's a low compared to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And um, so essentially what happens is for, for a Canadian-born Black artist, they face the same barrier of um, catering to a market that's, that's very small, mm. um, running out of, of 
of people to actually show the work to. So every Canadian artist, I think, actually suffers from this problem, and it's the problem of integration and diversification. So that means going into different communities, going into different uh, provinces. Um, there's just not this conversation of, of, of cross relations between the provinces that that even allow for for the regular Canadian-born individual to make it through, not alone the woman of color or the black woman who's born here. Because there's so many like invisible social barriers as well that don't allow for conversations to happen. So it's a twisted landscape. <laughs> it's a very twisted landscape. You're right. Mm-hmm. You, I, and I, I wish that there was something else that I could say to that. But truly, the only thing I think <laughs> is that, like, Canada's a huge landmass, and mm-hmm. they don't, they don't make Canada accessible to Canadians. I don't exactly. even think like you can't exactly. travel amongst provinces and mm-hmm. in a way that you know is accessible to anybody. It should be exactly. accessible to anybody. This is exactly you know, a beautiful country. Exactly. That's um, that's the thing. You know, in England, <clears throat> you can travel in a day to three different cities, right. and um, you know, it's uh, to get to Edmonton. I, I, I'm I can't even think about what I need to do to get to Edmonton. <laughs> Are we as Black Canadian women artists destined to be uh, fighting for U.S. or world attention? Uh, see, and this is the amazing thing. Like, I have become Canadian. I'm Canadian. Congratulations. And, um, thank you. I'm super proud. And I think it's just about, um, it's not necessarily about vying or fighting for a space anywhere. It's just about uh, honoring the art that they create and taking it seriously and, 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 and believing that Canadian, Black Canadian artists are, are valuable on the U.S. stage. They're valuable on the international stage. They're valuable in the Canadian market. And once we come from that mindset, I think it becomes a matter of understanding that we live in a global market right now. Um, somebody said to me the other day, you know, there is no underground anymore. It's just the Internet. Right. And so, you know, I can literally, uh, an artist can collaborate with an artist anywhere in the world right now just based on an Instagram interaction. So um, I think it's about a shift in mentality of like not necessarily being confined to a physical location and just being proud in the fact that, you know, um, at this point in history, um, Black Canadian artists are pioneers for the future. You shut us down. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you did. So all of that is going in. All of it. Kim, thank you so much for your insights. Um, I know that very often people feel like, Fedora is not a lot of fun. She wants to critique everything. I'm a lot of fun. And we're going to prove some of that today. Black History Month. You actually said Black Future Month. So I want to ask you, what's, what's Kim Jeff's dream project? Like five years plus... No limitations. Um, I don't want to say there's a billionaire backing you because I don't feel like you would be comfortable <laughs> with a billionaire. But <laughs> if money was not a factor, if you didn't have anything stopping you, what yeah. would the dream be? 
Oh, man. Um, wow, that's a big one. I guess, like, my dream would be to really see Afros in the city developed and and that's, you know, having having centers in every uh, province in this country um, that supports Black arts and uh, helps uplift and build communities um, in a way that every child, every Black child feels like they have a resource available to them that gives them the equal opportunity that uh, we live in this country for. Ooh. Like, that's that's a great initiative. I think that it's wonderful that you want to give back, but let's talk about Kim. Let's talk about the fun stuff. What does <laughs> Kim Jev? Oh, what is the Kim Jev dream? I know you want to change the world. I know you do. That's, that's why we're people. Dream. Oh, my but the goodness, dream honestly. that you say, like, I don't know, um, think about like Fella. Fella had like huge concerts. Yes. Think like Woodstock. Think yes. just like, and it doesn't you have know, to be actually, anything like that. It's awesome that you do bring up Woodstock because that's actually not even a joke, you know. My my actual, like, I would love to spend my days of retirement just overseeing um, a, a world-class international festival, like, right in my village, like, where where I actually come from, you know. Um, and and, and what, what is it? Say it for me. Artists. Say it for me, so, sis. <laughs> So it would it would literally be like the dream would literally be to take Umoja to to Nigeria and, and that's in Benue State and um, I'm from the Teeb tribe and uh, if we want to be really specific that would be on the land in Kyorinya and uh, it would be it would literally be a Woodstock or, or a festival and we just bless the land with sound and celebration you know so I love that it. would be. That would be a dream because I, I like the kids in my village would dream like the dream of seeing Davido. Like I mean, geez, like that would be a huge, a really huge thing for them. You still, you know what I mean? They also so. dream of seeing Kim Jeff. Just so you know, <laughs> yes, yes, ma'am. That's what's going to happen then too. Yeah, um, make some little people happen. Yeah. Thanks for being here with me today, and I I would really just like to end with a thank you. To oh, you. Of course. I want to thank you for thank you. consistently showing up. I want to thank you for facing all of the battles, speaking your thank truth, you. living your truth, trying new things. Yes. And I want to thank you for amplifying blackness, black people, love, care, consideration, and impact mm-hmm. in our communities. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much.
Makambe K. Samamba is a Zambian-Canadian actor and writer now based in Toronto. At seven, she moved from Africa to the Caribbean and is a University of Lethbridge grad. She was a 2019 nominee for the Tom Hendry Awards and has won two Dora Maver Moore Awards. Her solo show, her solo show, A Chitinge Story, is a brave and raw story of childhood trauma and joy. Makembe joins me by phone from Toronto. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Makembe, you are a phenomenal actor. I have seen a Chitinge story. It moved me so much. So during Black History Month at CGSW, I wanted to have a conversation with Black women in the arts. You are an amazing one. And you have done something that many of us feel like is almost impossible. You have moved many places and performed many places and have now found yourself in the hub of what in Canada is really the arts central. Um, So my first question to you is, what do you feel could change in the arts in Canada for black women so that they can experience as much success as you have? That's a beautiful question. Thank you for asking it. I think that the first thing that I would like to offer is that we as black women ourselves See and understand that our stories are valued. Matter and our narratives matter, and pour some love and excitement and resources into that ability as a whole. (laughs) So that there isn't just a Makambe and a few other black women who are making a living being professional artists, that there are several more of us. Um, doing this and uplifting one another. So I think that the first, the the, the first step towards that is is to this, the acknowledgement of the power of Black girl magic, uh, for sure. Um, and for me, as a theater artist, it has a lot to do with deviating from Eurocentric narratives and not making white people the center of the world or the artistic world all the time. I think that there's so much power in in other stories, particularly our stories. And I found that the universe has rewarded me richly when I honor and and investigate the depth of that. That is such a beautiful way to say that our voices matter and that we should love and care about ourselves first and foremost. I think that we don't get that message very often. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think that um, mentorship plays a part in raising the community's potential in finding individual artists? I think that it does. But I would like to open up the definition of what mentoring and mentorship looks like. The traditional definition is that there's like a specific person or a few people that you physically know and go and have conversations with. They interact with your work. They offer you feedback and advice. And that is Absolutely a valid definition of mentorship, but I love acknowledging that so many of my mentors I've never seen or been able to touch. So while I look at 
several of the people who have guided me on my theater journey, such as professors, directors, senior playwrights and actors. I also want to acknowledge the people who I've never met, like the Lupitas and the Oprahs, and seeing and studying their philosophies observing their bravery and also their work ethic is also a really significant form of mentorship. So I would just say to anybody who's looking for that motivation, if it, if you're not seeing it down the road from you, there's still ways to access that energy and that potential and allow that to reflect onto you for you to figure out how to do it in a way that makes sense for yourself. Ah, that is so deep. And thank you for, you know, just, just throwing out a thank you into the universe. Um, it seems like inspiration is borderless. So mm-hmm. is it that mm-hmm. it's from anybody? Is it from any place? How do you, how you frame that? I love the idea that inspiration is borderless. Um, for me, my artistic practice and therefore my life is very much driven by intention. So my intention as an artist is to be of service to my community through my ability to tell stories. Like some people come to this life and they're meant to be doctors. (laughs) I am the last person you'd want to ever (laughs) doctor you. (laughs) But I know that I have the ability to tell stories. So there's a way that um, me choosing to use those powers for good um, has, I feel like, given me a lot of mileage on this path. Um, And I think that depending on what the intention is, inspiration can come from different places. So for me, a lot of my work has a lot to do with the African experiences and the experiences and realities and the psyches of those in the African diaspora. But that is not the only community that I am a part of. And so acknowledging all of my different communities and seeing people who may or may not align as being part of those communities is exciting. So I might watch a straight cis white guy do something super inspiring. And if that, if what that person is doing feels like it's in an alignment or I can glean something from the way that that person has worked, then I do take that as inspiration. It's not my only model, but I think that inspiration can come from many places it can also come from really being mad <laughs> mm. being mad at some people i wanted to show some people is definitely a place where i have i have found myself and found a lot of power so i think if you're really looking for it it can come anywhere uh from anywhere including some of the the, the parts of our life and the lessons that that cause us a bit more pain i love that so for you, authenticity and intention has become a guiding light almost. Like, is that a deliberate choice that Garner gathers healing for you or for others? That's what I'm going for because I realized that it's not actually about everybody liking me or everybody agreeing with me. That is an impossible goal. And I release myself in trying to make art that everybody likes because I don't think that that's art's job. Um, what I do know is that stories are powerful and therefore to me, they feel spiritual. So it is part of my spiritual practice to, to be authentic. So like my artistic practice and my spiritual practice are actually the same thing. Um, and I feel like being able to, to, to honor what it means to be authentic in a world that 
often tells me for several reasons that are beyond my control that I should not succeed or will not succeed is its own little act of revolution. So once I peeped that, I was like, well, YOLO, <laughs> let's throw the rest of it out. And just like, I'm just going to do me and the people who are going to roll with that are going to roll with that. And the people who won't, won't. But my job is to, to be me, even when that feels uncomfortable. Oh, that's incredible. I have goosebumps. Thank you for giving us that. Um, that's a perfect segue into um, honoring some of the joy that you, um, I assume you're getting because I see so much joy <laughs> in you as a person. Uh, and Thank when you're you. telling your stories, you can see that, you know, the pain is not the only thing that's there. There's a reason and there's something more. Um, and I want to ask you, that being said, this love of yours, what is the next step? Like, what is the dream project? What is the goal? Five years, 10 years, 20 years plus out, no limitations. So nobody told you you can't. There's money for you to do it. You have the, the beautiful, juicy question. Yes. And I'm so glad that you asked it. There are so many experiences that I know that I'm going to have that I don't know yet. So part of the goal is to maintain this philosophy and continue to be able to do it when I'm in spaces where I have more resources and there's more risk. Like it's it's one thing to live by a philosophy when you're playing small, but the bigger you play, can you still, you know, hold true to those values? So my first intention is to hold true to those values when I'm a bazillionaire, which is part of the plan. <laughs> um, one of the projects specifically that I'm working on right now is tentatively called The Drum Major Instinct. And it's a trilogy of three plays that takes place in a world where Africa colonizes Europe. Mm -hmm. This project is ambitious. It thrills me. It terrifies me. It humbles me. But I feel strongly that this is a project that will take a lot of my time and 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 energy in the in the coming years and I'm and I'm excited that it chose to tell it. So for this piece, there's a lot that it's telling me uh, that it needs to be and that it doesn't want to be. And I know that that will be a long process in terms of creating it. But my dream for the drum major instinct is to be able to be in a space where I have the resources and the bravery to tell the story the way that it needs to be told. So whether that is going to be a play or a movie or a piece of visual art or a Netflix series, I want to find the medium that will best bring this story to life. And I want to pursue that 100%. I want to create opportunities for people to support the intention of this ambitious work. And I want to imagine a world in which the colonial forces worked differently than they did in our own world. And I want us to be able as a society on a global level to really take a step back and look at the realities of the world that we live in why those realities are the way they are, and then analyze 
which parts of our thinking serve us and which parts of our thinking we need to release. So that's the next little revolution that I'm working on. You said little. That does not sound little (laughs) in any way, shape, or form. It sounds like Afrofuturism, and I am so happy that you shared that with us. I feel like put it everywhere. I feel like you don't have to choose one of those mediums. Put them every. Can I dream that dream for you? Can I put that intention in the world for you? I feel all that energy and it's fueled. So thank you. Wonderful. Uh, Mikembe, I truly appreciate your time. I want to thank you for everything that you do in the community. I want to thank you for your intention. The fact that your art is your life um, and that you reach out and reciprocate on every occasion that you can. Uh, It's love, joy, and a little bit of discomfort that makes us better. And thank you for sharing with me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for creating a space where people like me can 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 share our thoughts and our and our and our woes and our future plans. And just thank you for being a person within the community that people like myself can look up to. Thank you for creating spaces for, for yourself and people like me. You are loved and appreciated and thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Happy Black Future Month. Take care.